Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode nine of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to a third-generation Islander, a realtor at Windermere Realty, and the producer of a famous Caesar dressing. Please welcome Mike Nestor. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm really excited to bring you this one with Mike Nestor, who's a third-generation Islander. And on this one, we go all over the place. You get to learn the history of a lot of different things on Camino Island. We get into a really interesting story of how Mike Nestor and the Nestor family got to Camino Island. We also get to talk about one of his first ventures here on Camino and why it no longer exists. Uh, And for those who don't know, Mike Nestor is also the one that sold the Camino Commons land to Jeff Erickson uh, to get started with Camino Commons. So we get to get into that and a lot of other things. So without further ado, here's my interview with Mike Nestor. Hey Islanders, it's Brandon with the Camino Voice. And today I'm with a realtor from Windermere Realty, uh, creator of the famous Caesar dressing, and also a part-time cook for many of the events in this area. Please welcome Mike Nestor. Hello, podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Um, You're welcome. So um, before we get started, I know there's a lot of things that we want to dive into, but to start with, uh, tell us a little bit about Mike Nestor. Um, you know, military brat, got four brothers and a sister, so there was six of us all together in the military traveling around. So the dad was a lieutenant colonel, and uh, real involved in the community. And my mom was really involved in the community with the officers club and wives clubs and stuff like that. In the military, you know, they do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So we traveled around. I was born in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, kind of raised in Sacramento. And uh, went to Minnesota for a while with our service-connected relocation. And then back to Sacramento. And, but we used to come up to Camino every summer. Okay, what brought you up to Camino? You know, it was a poker, a poker game. Okay. <laughs> a poker game on August 23rd, 1932. Wow. Wow, okay. With my grandfather and a guy named Bun, not Bud, but Bun Harden, Harden Loop. Okay. Toward the state park. There's a street named after this guy, Harden Okay, Loop. very cool. And they were playing poker one night, drinking some rum. It was against the law, and uh, <laughs> the stakes got a little bit higher, and my grandfather raised Bun, and all he had was his property with a little house on it. So uh, Gramps said, okay, I'll take it, if you know, so be it. And my grandfather won the poker hand, <laughs> and we ended up with a cabin on Camino. That so that is incredible. His, my mom used to come <clears throat> up here as kids back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. And then in the 60s, when I was born, 40s, 50s, we started coming up here as kids. So every summer we'd come up here for those three months that really kids got to go have a vacation. (laughs) And uh, so then in 85, I relocated up here. Okay. I was in San Diego, got drafted and got back and uh, came up here and took over the cabin. Okay. So you you went into the military as well? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in the 60s, late 60s, 68, <clears throat> there was a draft. It wasn't lottery at that point in time. Okay. This was before the lottery. This was if you were 18, not in school at the time, you were drafted. And everybody was going over to you know where. Okay, got it. So um, I, I enlisted. I got drafted, but I enlisted in, in the Navy. Okay. So I served four years on an aircraft carrier in the, in the, the Gulf of Tonkin. Okay, I'm terrible with geography. Where's that? <laughs> That's right off of Vietnam. All right, got it, got it. So you were de- there during that time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So two Westpac tours is what it was officially called. Okay, so then that was out of California, and then yeah, that's where that you... Yeah, was out of San Diego, <clears throat> right. Yeah, then I, I stayed in San Diego for a while, and my mom, my dad passed away in 1980, and my mom said, okay, you guys, I got, I got the cabin. It need, we need to go up there. You know, we're all doing our thing. You know how you get busy. Mm-hmm. You have kids and whatever. And uh, so mine was off and gone, and... Uh, so I said, hey, anybody have a problem with me going up to the cabin and taking care of it? And they said, oh, great. <clears throat> so in the mid-'80s, I moved up here. And then we opened up a restaurant in 89 called the Shipwreck Bar and Grill. Where was that at? It was right across from the Cascade Lumber. The only thing that's really left of it is the drain field, obviously. You, know. you can still see it today. It's kind of like half-covered in blackberries. Really? But that was the above-ground sand filter for the shipwreck. It used to be called the Camino Island Inn. Okay. And as kids, we would pull up there to the front window and get ice cream. <clears throat> I remember that very well. <laughs> and then in the 89, it just so happened, circumstances happened that my brother and I decided that we we're going to open up a restaurant <clears throat> there. So we uh, had all the local artists come in, and Gunther did the floor inside the bar and the mural on the outside, and Archibald put in windows and... Carol Hall did fused glass, and we curved all the walls, and we put a, a boat upside down with a gangplank with sailors and gold chests and stuff like that. So we kind of tricked it out. That is incredible. Yeah. So that, that, is that building? No. Being completely <clears throat> torn down? Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Well, what happened is the county <clears throat> came along and through eminent domain acquired 60 feet of the south side of the road for, to, to make them... Make 532, but whiter. And you had Cascade Lumber mm-hmm. and all of those businesses on that side. So they went to the <clears throat> south. So the new right-of-way went right through the center of the building. Oh, so okay. It, so, uh, so you were like where the road is right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I look at the old photographs, and uh, I go, wow, that's like on the shoulder. The building was kind of right on the shoulder of right. the road now. All right. Do you have those photographs still? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to try and get those so that I can post them in the show notes of, of this because I think that would be really interesting for the listeners yeah. to see that. That that sounds so cool. So the fire department decided <clears throat> that they were going to use it as a practice burn. So uh, Lowell Pitzer wrote a song and played his song with his guitar, sang his song as I... Got the light, the fire. <laughs> that's that's that was, really... That was how it came to an end. <laughs> that's, I mean, wow. Yeah. That's such a story. But, like, in some ways, it's a... Uh, um, it's like shooting your own dog or something. Like, do you have to light the fire to, like, <laughs> yeah. burn down your own dream? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. 
So that was in like 94, something like that. So quite a while that ago, was, really. That was like right before we moved up here then. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I'm like, I don't remember this building or any no. of it. So mm-hmm. it must have. No, okay. it predates that. Wow. Do you know if um, the shipwreck coffee that's on that corner, do you know if that's where they got their name by any chance? Y- yes. And, and I think um, who had that business <clears throat> at the time? Anyway, they called me. I think it was... Was it Dave? No, I think it was um, Chantrell. Okay. Who has the Thai place. She called me because she was building that little building. She wanted to know if I cared or would say okay or whatever, just to let me know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you sure? And I got a great T-shirt and a, and a, <clears throat> a poster that we had. And I'll give those to you, and you can have them or not have them. That's very cool. I, so, so I never understood, I mean, other than the nautical theme, I never yeah. understood why it was called Shipwreck Coffee. Um, I, I guess it was because of the Shipwreck Restaurant. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's neat history to know about, like, the, even like a small coffee stand that's right on the way. Yeah. Everyone passes every day. <laughs> every, you can't help it almost. <laughs> Okay, so you, um, so back, you've been coming up through, to Camino forever. Yeah. How have you, I mean, obviously there's been major changes, but yeah. um, where have you seen, I guess, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen since your time here? Um, and, and actually part of that is also like, what is kind of some of your other favorite Camino stories of like, maybe when you were coming up here during your summers or things like that? Probably <clears throat> the biggest thing, thing that I have, as we've all noticed, is stoplights. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> stoplights. <clears throat> That's probably the, and the traffic. You know, it's it, the traffic is uh, never ceases. Uh, those are the biggest things. And you know, I used to be able to walk from my house to the Elgibay grocery store. It's two miles, and maybe see a car. <laughs> maybe see a car. And of course, you can't do that anymore. So it's just the increase in people. Love Camino. They like coming back to Camino, and um, they live here now. Right. So, do you live in the cabin that? Yes. That, that, you still live in that. Yeah. Still have the deer's head above the mantle, <laughs> and the warming. It's a called a potbelly stove, and it was in a Burlington Northern warming and a caboose before they did away with cabooses. This was in a caboose where the signalman <laughs> would keep warm. All righty. So somehow my grandfather got that, put it in a cabin. <laughs> and we still keep the cabin warm that way. Not 100% of the time. Wow. That, that's so crazy. Like, yeah. All of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like a family compound because we built a cabin for my uncle on the south and then built a home for my mom on the north. This is all the property that my grandfather had won. So it's got funny stories. Wow. Okay. So then uh, of your siblings that are here now, or uh, how many of your siblings live up here and where else are they throughout the States? Two in San Diego, two brothers in San Diego, a sister in Pinedale, which is just south of uh, Bozeman or um, in Montana. No, no. They're in Wyoming. Jackson Hole. That's Jackson Hole. Okay. Yeah, South Jackson Hole. So she came out for a reunion a couple weeks ago. And then on the island, I have a brother Bud and a brother Ted. All right. So three of us live on the island now. Okay. And so did they, did they follow you up here or? Well, 
Theodore did, or Ted. I call him Theodore because okay. he's my brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Bud, who I usually call Francis, but he doesn't like that. <laughs> but Bud lives up here, and he lives in Madrona Beach. All right. Okay. So then, but you said your uncle and your mom? Yes. Okay. They would come up here as, as kids, too. Like, I'm the third generation. All right. Not the fifth by any okay. stretch, but the third. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you've been, yeah, man. Yeah. Been, been involved in the community and just have been since I got here in the 80s, I guess. Yeah. So, so but Elder Bay Grocery, so that's been around like. Oh, since the 40s. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't realize Josh, that was that old. Yeah. Cal Clark. I mean, it goes through a succession of, of people who owned it. Over the years. And it, it changed here and there. It used to be a beauty salon, and that went away, and then it was this, and that went away, and, and now it is what it is. All right, cool. So then were, were the Flickners part of, because, okay, who's the, the dad? There's Josh Flickner. Who's yeah, Marvin. Marvin. Was he, um, did he buy it from a Flickner or from previous? He, I, he bought it from previous. Okay, okay. And I'm not sure it was Cal Clark, Calvin Clark, previous to that. The secession, I'm not too sure of. All right, but that that building oh, there was somebody in between Cal Clark and, and Marv Flickners. Okay, yeah, there was another guy in between. But that building's been around forever, though. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it kind of looks like it a little too. <laughs> yeah, well, they've done some neat upgrades to it yeah. too, like the their their pouring and stuff yeah, like the that. little outdoor dining area. That's yeah, fun too. Yeah, well, and I know so that was also where. Um, my dad built his first coffee stand was down Elger Bay. Okay, right. Which was funny because that, like, once we built that, then we're like, oh, we can get free espresso drinks. So my mom, whenever we went into town, because, you know, driving, you know, back in early 2000s and stuff, like, driving to go shopping and stuff was always either going north or south. You're going on the freeway far away. Um, we would go all the way. We lived on the north end of the island. We would drive all the way down to Elger Bay to get our free cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, our free latte, whatever, right. and then dr- turn around and drive off the island <laughs> and go shopping or whatever. And a lot of times on the way back, we would swing by Elger Bay again to get a coffee or something and then go home. So, like, our free cup of coffee probably cost us, like, $10 in cash. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> so, but that was, yeah, that was always fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so in your own words, what, what has over the years and to present day made Kameno special? I think what's for me made it special, I can only talk about me, mm-hmm. is that um, I realized on Kameno that it's a small nucleus of wonderful people for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a couple bad people. <laughs> But there's a lot of good people. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what I found out coming up from San Diego, where there's like millions of people, that on Camino, you can actually make a difference, just like your dad has done. Yeah. Made a difference to that and made it better, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of people on the island that have made it a better place to live. And I think those people um, are kind of like beacons <clears throat> to the rest of the population is that on Camino, if you got an idea, whatever it might be, you can make it happen. You can rally the troops to help you make right, it happen. Right, right. So that's what uh, is special about Camino to me. Yeah. 
that's that's very good insight. I mean, like Freedom Park, that whole thing there, and with the care group that helped put that all together, and with all the crazy artists. <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I want to touch on something because I was just reminded you were one of the the main reasons that my dad found this property on Terry's yeah. Corner. Mm-hmm. So talk, tell us that story. How did that come about? A long story <laughs> short is. Um, I was also in the Chamber of Commerce. And we had that Welcome to Camino sign. And we wanted to move that Camino sign back so we could put Dave Moritz's sculpture in front with the snow geese called The Return. Okay. So that made sense. But we didn't own the property. The Chamber didn't own the property. It was owned by Brown and Cole. All righty. Yeah, they had, they had gotten it through an acquisition through cost cutters. Yeah, okay. they were, they were going to put a store there originally. Really? Yeah. Like the so cost I found, co- wow. Yeah. So I found out <laughs> okay. that Brown and Cole had the ownership of the property. So I called them and I talked to this guy named Dave and I got through to somebody who made <coughs> could make a decision there. And he said, yes, you can move the sign back onto our property. And then I said, well, does Platter still have that first right of refusal to make that thing 19 lots? And he said it expired last month. Oh, no. I said, are you going to renew that? He said, no. I said, well, and we got a group together, and we propositioned them. If we could get two of the properties sold, would he give the third to the community? And he said, <coughs> yes, as long as we retain the naming rights. Okay. That's how it got its name, Freedom Park. Oh. They named it. Okay. After one of the owner's... Dad was in Pearl Harbor, and right. there's no, like, memorial to the survivors of Pearl Harbor. Right. So this is the only one on probably the whole West Coast. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah. So I knew, I knew when it was first being built, when Freedom Park was being built, that it was a memorial for Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I knew a lot of that other story, though, of that background. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then what worked out so well is... Um, the park and ride got in there. We were going to have a post office originally. Okay, yeah. But your dad bought the property where the post office was. <laughs> and, then, and then it just so happened that the drain field ended up over on that property. So now Freedom Park is half of it's a drain field right. for Commando Commons. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all kind of tied together. So then you went out. Were you a realtor at this point? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I kind of put the deals together with your dad and with Brown and Cole and with Bill Zingarelli, the attorney. He drafted up all the documents. All right. And um, the two properties were sold for assessed value, and then Brown and Cole honored their obligation and gifted the balance of the property to the community. Wow. Okay. Yeah. To remain in a non-profit status, couldn't be sold, couldn't be materialized, or, you know, couldn't build a, you know, a profit center on it or something like that. Right. Okay. So that's, I didn't realize, I didn't know all of that. Uh, again, I didn't know a lot of that background on, on that. Yeah. That well, whole every, area. every story, everybody's got a backstory. <laughs> right. Right. So then you went yeah. out, reached out to my dad as the yes. other person and somehow was able to convince him that that was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what 
is amazing about your dad is he has a vision. He can see things mm-hmm. in the future. <clears throat> and he saw, uh, I think he saw an opportunity. Right. And uh, that he could make a difference on Camino by, by doing this. Because the whole library, you know, was a, originally that was your dad's coffee shop. Right, right. And uh, he wanted a community. <clears throat> So your dad is totally about community. I don't know where he gets that, but <laughs> I certainly saw it here. And um, so that's what this whole thing kind of emulates is community. It's right. the gateway to Camino, yep. and it's community. Right. And, and I was looking back at actually some of the old pictures of, like, the groundbreaking party and stuff that was held at the community center. And, like, I had totally forgotten oh. all of that <clears throat> stuff. But, like, oh, there yeah. was the... I don't know how many tables, but there's this massive cake, cake. that was Teresa like Metzger. It was massive, and yeah. then um, you know there were so many people there though. Like yeah. the like you were saying earlier, just the amount that the community came together on that. Like there was such a big outpouring uh, from the community. Well, that's to make because that. your your dad reached out <clears throat> to all of the groups, all the nonprofit volunteer groups, mm-hmm. and asked their input into the thing. Right. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was really neat to be able yeah. to see like so many people came together. I think a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of people that sometimes you know, myself even were like, "Well, maybe I should just try and like do this the hard way. Like I'll just brute force it and get through it." But like when the community gathers around and helps you and you work with the community, like it just yes. it builds such a uh it makes it easier for it to happen for one. Yeah. Um but two, it just it's yeah, they have buy-in then. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. And that's what I think helped mm-hmm. get the whole thing done is because the county knew the citizens are, are wanting this to get together. I know your dad had <clears throat> huge things that probably aged him. <laughs> but he persevered and uh, got it through. Yeah. So I was just curious... When was, and I think there's actually an article uh, that was done by Evan Caldwell, so he was episode four of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, but on, I don't remember the, the details, when, when Terry's Corner was actually owned by Terry the Farmer, that was, mm-hmm. was that in the 1800s, do you know? Early 1800s, well, I mean late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay, so that was, that still predates <clears throat> when your yeah. grandpa and... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious, like what the what that transition was all the way through to see. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I, I will link to the article that Evan Caldwell did. It was very interesting. He yeah. did a really good job with it. Did a lot of research. Interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Yeah, good idea. Um, okay, so bringing closer to present day. Um, so you had the restaurant now, yes. and then you transitioned into real estate. Yeah. How did that occur? Well. I think what I found out in the restaurant business is that you have to kind of like go to the same place, you know, day in, day out. You work all the weekends. You work all the holidays. Uh, you have people to manage. And you have taxes to pay. <laughs> quarterlies, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I think I got to a point of going, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> I think I like to have a business or be in a business where you're, um, you're not quite strapped to a, a desk or to a location. You're a little bit more, 
more mobile. Mm-hmm. You get to see different people, different situations. So that's why I thought real estate seemed like a, a good direction for me to go. Right. So when what year was that that you... In 1990, moved? actually. I had my license, but at the same time I had the, uh, the restaurant. I got my license at the same time. <clears throat> okay. So then were you, did you... So the restaurant... Just to recap, like the restaurant was doing well and fine, mm-hmm. and then the state just came and took that. Yeah, and so you didn't have a choice. Like it was doing. No, it didn't have a choice. Okay, so then at you must have gotten some sort of warning then. Well, like about a six month. Okay, so you had the six. So is that when you went and started your real yes. estate licensing and all mm-hmm. of that? All right. Yeah, I could see the retina on the wall. <clears throat> yeah, or the road coming through your restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> That's more like. <laughs> yes. All right. So then. Yeah. At that time, was Windermere the only real estate office? Well, on? Windermere w- wasn't even here. Oh, okay. It was Camino Isle Realty. Okay. Down at down at uh, at the Country Club. Yeah. That office was there. That was that used to be Camino Island Realty then. Yeah, and then uh, then Dan Lean bought the Windermere franchise and moved mm-hmm. it into that center. And then Dan Lean and Ray Mueller decided to go out on their own to Camino Island Realty. Oh, right. And that's when it opened up at Rocky Point. <clears throat> that was the Camino Island Realty. All right. And that's when I joined them there, then moved here and here and here. Okay. So you, so at that time, was that really the only real estate? Because there wasn't... That was pretty much... John L. Scott had you know, been around, but they were in Stanwood. All right. Okay. There wasn't <clears throat> any real estate company on Camino besides that one. Okay. And then time. were there, when you... Um, when were like schools and stuff? When did those start developing on the island? I think the the Elger Bay Elementary and Nuts Laddie were started pretty much the same time. Okay, I think they were because same, the same time being same same year, and that was probably oh man, I don't know when those were started. But like, were they there when you were visiting as a kid? Were those no there? No, no schools no, no schools. No. Okay, the only even school at all was down at Camma. Camma Beach had a school. Oh, I didn't school, know that. old schoolhouse down there. Mabana oh. Beach. Oh, that okay. That schoolhouse, you probably... I think yeah. the artist is living in there now. Okay. Yeah, that was converted to <clears throat> a, a was, residence. Was the other schoolhouse <clears throat> the one that's near... Chapman? Yeah. That's... No. Is that, that older? Yeah, that was 1903. Okay. <clears throat> Something in like 1903, 1905 is when that schoolhouse was being utilized. Got it. Oh, okay. So that's, that's way back. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So you started with Windermere. Yeah. And, um, or not Windermere. You started with Realty. Yes. Um, and then yeah, you... Yeah, Camino Island Realty. Yeah. And then you transitioned from there into... You, you stayed with them in Camino. Yeah. And then Realty. they bought the franchise from Dan Lean. Okay. Not Dan. Jay. His brother. Okay. And then I just slid over with them. Okay, got it. Got it. And then were you working, because this, this is a fairly new, not super new, but newer office, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you down at the one by the country club then? Yeah, down there and then <clears throat> at uh, Rocky Point. Okay. And then at the IGA. It was, the real estate sure, office was at the IGA where Mark's Pharmacy used to be. Oh, Okay. That was where the really soft was. <clears throat> okay, so I wonder, 
that would would that have been during the time? I'm just trying to retrace like my dad's steps now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that he probably would have gone to that area. Well, no, because the plaza wasn't built until like ninety uh, seven, six, seven. Yeah, probably. Okay, so mm-hmm. he must have gone all the way down to Elder Bay, or sorry, mm-hmm. the Country Club one. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird retracing these steps. It's like going back in time and like, what was even here? (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah, one of my... true. I mean, yeah, as as a kid, I remember on the other side of the island, you've got the little store of the bay. And I used to Mm -hmm. go there with my friends all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember being really sad when that closed down. Yeah. Ditto. Um, Yeah. It was a neat little... It was. Yes. All right. So... So I th- we've touched on this a little bit. So that the reason you do all of the cooking and the, the background cooking for a lot of the chamber events and other things, that's because of your, your background in restaurants. And yes. Okay. And yes. did you have formal training in that? Well, you know, um, yes and no. Okay. And I went to a cooking school outside of Paris. Really? For a while. Was that? No, that's bullshit, really. Okay, I was like, <laughs> when was this? I was like, wait, I'm retracing our conversation. I don't remember this. <laughs> no, but it's just fun. My bro- older brother, Joe, loved to cook. Okay. So I learned everything I, I learned from him. Okay. And that's his uh, Caesar salad dressing. Really? Okay, so that's what I was going to go next. So what's the yeah. background behind that? See, um... Joe makes a killer Caesar salad dressing. Yeah. You don't want for garlic and you don't want for anchovies. And uh, <laughs> like two years ago, he made it and I said, Joe, this is great. And then I said, Joe, give me the recipe. <laughs> and he gave me the recipe and then I just started making it at home. And then I just started selling it up at the little store and giving it away and right. just having fun with it. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to pick that up, Islanders, they do sell it at the Island Harvest stand up on yes. Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked it up before. It's it's really, really good. It makes great for salad dressing, which is what it was intended for. But I used it also as a dip for the green beans from Island Harvest as well. So Wonderful. <laughs> I was like, this is my great, like a great snack for midnight. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, well, very cool. That was, yeah. So then... What are some of the, what are some of the new trends that you've seen on Kameno recently? Well, um, I think a kind of disturbing trend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose it's good <clears throat> in one way, but not in the other. Is just that latest development right on East Kameno by the IGA, just this side of the IGA. Mm-hmm. There used to be a big forest along there. And oh. now it's nothing but burn piles. All of the trees are gone. Right. Starting from the light going forward, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Going, I guess that'd be south. Yep. Right there. Boom. Now all those trees are gone. And now there's a couple more lots. I suppose that's disturbing. I hate to see logging trucks going off because I know those trees are never coming back. Right. So, and then all the new construction, I mean, it's... You know, it's property rights, and they get to do that, and it employs a you know a painter and a plumber and all those guys for a couple of months. But mm-hmm. that's true and good. But then we got another hundred years worth of automobiles, right? And every house has got at least two, <clears throat> if not three, cars. Yeah. And you put in a hundred houses, that's three hundred cars every day coming and going. So that's the from a I guess a guy who's been around for a <laughs> while. It's a little more. <clears throat> it's not as 
settling. Right. And those are all houses that have yeah. been built back there? Well, I don't know what's going in there. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I know I've been... I've been seeing that, and I didn't know what was going back there, if they were expanding, because there's some stuff back there. There's, yeah. There's the, there's the actual neighborhood back that direction, but yeah. then there's also, like, a bank. And the church. And the church and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know Baptist if church. any other things were expanding <clears throat> that direction. I, so. I don't know, but it, I think it just <clears throat> disturbs me. I don't know what level it is to see <laughs> all the trees gone. <laughs> right, right. Really, you know, not even a barrier. Just all the trees gone. Yeah. Yeah, so. no... I mean, good for the guy who's doing it and whatever he's got, his vision is, but aesthetically, I don't like it. Right. Yeah. So that's a disturbing trend. Right. But I think on the flip side of that, I think I've seen more uh, positive things happening in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, like the Glass Quest. Yeah. And the, the success of the Mother's Day Studio Tour. And the plant sales. And the Escalades Ladies Aid Society. <clears throat> and their turkey... <laughs> luncheon stuff you know that stuff is just awesome yeah well and and the chili chowder cook-off yes i mean even when i was a kid going to that like it was kind of like a fun little community thing but it wasn't packed like it was easy to get in and out yeah um and i was talking to jessica um, from episode two and yeah just like she was like if you want to do it this year you need to sign up now because we're already down to 10 spots um, and like last year they ran out of parking at the community center, the school and like everywhere. Like there was cars parked up and down Arrowhead road. I think Randy opened up the <clears throat> ranch for more parking. Yeah. And I think he's planning on doing that this year is what yeah, Jessica was saying. So too, yeah. Um, but she was like, even with that, like, I don't know, maybe we can open up the parking ride and have a shuttle going back and forth there. Like they're just, they're looking for parking anywhere for that. Yeah. Um, which is crazy how, it's good. How big. Yeah. And on the other side, it's not so good. That's, yeah. It's like you get claustrophobic. Right. No, and there's a lot of, I mean, it, it is. It's that, it's the ebb and flow and kind yes. of that of yeah. you you want to see more people know about it because it's a neat island. You want to share right. that with, with yes. people that are visiting. Mm-hmm. But with each new person, every new development, you lose a little bit of that too. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, it's, it, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the first uh, chili chowder we did was at the South Grange. Okay, yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a while ago, twenty-four years, I guess. Yeah, and we ran out of power. <laughs> so Bob, Bob Andrews, who used to be a, an agent with John L. Scott, he went and got his motorhome <laughs> with the generator, and we opened up the windows and we threw out power cords to Bob's generator and his RV. <laughs> That's how we kept the crockpots warm. <laughs> so, um, so you were you've been around and done like <clears throat> you've been at the founding and kind of birthplace of many of these big events that we now know. A, a few of them, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and how quickly did you get like you were saying? Pretty soon after getting here, you started getting involved in. Yeah. The, was the, was there actually a commando chamber at that point? Or? There was a commando chamber, okay. and it had uh, three. Elderly women okay. was the nucleus. Okay. And uh, we kind of started from there. Judy Durant, um, Louise, and uh, Thelma. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Those are perfect names. Yeah, exactly. exactly who you would expect yeah. to be running it. Carolyn DiLorenzo, she was, okay. uh, you know. 
and Pat Churchill. Yes. Pat Churchill's, you know, that yeah. connection there. I remember growing up with them. Yeah. And yeah. then the artists kind of started moving in a little bit and kind of took over. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. we didn't want it more businesses and more traffic and more brick and mortar. We wanted, if we were going to have any sort of direction for Camano, it would be in a non-impact, low-impact type of environment where people do their creative things. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we kind of like, well, if we're going to be known for something, right? we're going to be. Let's <laughs> think about art. Right. Well, and that's been hugely successful. I mean, yes. the, the Mother's Day art tour is, is testament to that. I mean, yes. the traffic on the island during May, during those two weekends, yeah. is atrocious. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> I leave. <laughs> that's probably smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's it's crazy how many people are, are coming to Camino Island to drive the island, visit these artists, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's really neat to be able to see that. Yeah. Um, and there are a, a lot of, like... Um, kind of artist havens as you go if you drive the whole loop of the island there's just different spots there's the sculpture garden there's there's mm-hmm. the new the new place that's being built but there's all these different yeah. spots you can just kind of go and check out and, yeah um mm-hmm. and yeah. well at this like going up to ebner's mm-hmm. you know you get to see john and his how he lives and his all of his work and how he creates his stuff it's uh well everybody who comes knows that so that's why they come right <clears throat> yeah. Well, even like the Glass Quest thing, um, I was talking to Jessica about that on the podcast of just you're getting these people to come out in February, which is one of our rainiest months, to run around outside, you know, and there's so many people that show up for that um, from outside this area. So, yeah, um, it's neat to be able to see that. And like we've talked about, it is there's yeah. both sides of that there's coin. Both sides of the coin. So, yeah. um, well, very cool. So, yeah. <clears throat> I always end the podcast with some rapid-fire questions okay? because um, the goal of the podcast is to help tourists and locals alike kind of hear about maybe new spots on the island they haven't heard of or for the tourists to hear about spots that they just wouldn't know to go gotcha. unless they talk to a local. Um, sure. So the first question is, um, do you have a lesser-known or favorite location on Camano Island that you like to hang out? Yes, I do. I thought about it, and it was hands down Lover's Leap. Okay. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lover's Leap. I have to tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the south end. Okay. The very south end of the island. Yeah. And it's right on the bluff. There's a 300-foot drop. Okay, so don't go with kids. <laughs> so don't go with kids. There's one step to the bottom. Okay. <laughs> and it's right where you look out over <clears throat> Hat Island. Yeah. And you can see the ferry going from between Clinton and Muckleteo. Oh, okay. And my favorite day to go down there is when the wind's blowing from the south. Okay. During the winter. Yep. Because it sounds like a train. You're in a train tunnel right there because the wind just comes <gasps> up that bluff and goes through the trees right there that yeah. are on the edge of it. And it's so beautiful. And there's white caps. And then the eagles will soar way up there because of the thermal climb there. So yeah. there'll be, at, you know, six to 10 to 12 eagles. Wow. Just okay. soaring up above there. And I like to go hang out there. Yeah, that sounds like a great spot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, then pretend you have a friend coming in from town, or you've probably had this. Um, mm. It's their first time on Camino. What would their first day look like? Well, um, if it was opening day of crabbing season, would be down at the boat ramp yep. watching people come and go. It's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's <laughs> you just sit there and you watch people launch and retrieve their boats. 
And the, the worst and the best come out in people when they get in the boat ramp. <laughs> and uh, then if the tide was low enough, we'd definitely go out for horse clams. Mm-hmm. Not gooey ducks. My brother's always confused. I say, we don't get gooey ducks. That's out of the ocean. We, get, we don't get razor clams. We get horse clams. Okay. And there's a technique for horse clams. You have to get on all fours. And you got to grab their necks before they go down <laughs> and hold them. While the other two buddies start digging like a dog. Yeah. Down to the shell. And so that, and then you get into a mud fight usually because you got mud all over you anyway. But somebody flings it and that starts the whole thing off. Uh, so that would be a thing. And then, uh, so we'd have clam chowder and they would make crab <clears throat> louis for dinner. That sounds. That would be the first day. Yeah. That sounds like a great first day. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is funny because what you said about the boat ramp, you know, as a kid, we would go crabbing. But we were from Arizona, so we didn't know the first thing about boats or anything. So when we used to do the boat ramp, it was a spectacle. Like, my dad would be yelling. We would be like, what? And he's like, pull this, do that, do this right away or else. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then it was like, did we do it? No, we're not in the water (laughs) part. We're like, pull it back up. You're scratching the boat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is. It's it's a fun place to go when... (laughs) You know, like at three o'clock, uh, when crabbing season closes or when shrimping closes, mm-hmm. and the Indians are down there with their boats. Yeah. And then it closes for them <clears throat> and for the sports recreational mm-hmm. at the same time. Okay. Down there at the boat ramp, it gets you know the Indians and the cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's, it's a. It's quite hysterical. All right. <clears throat> um, so I'm expecting you probably have a lot of people. So if you have a lot, that's fine too. But um, who is the most interesting person in this community that I should interview next? You know, Chuck Durlin comes to my mind. And the reason I say Chuck Durlin is because he's um, a great guy and he's been involved with the schoolhouse. He's been the president of the <clears throat> old uh, schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he's real knowledgeable about grants. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's involved in the community. He goes, he supports all the little events and stuff like that. And I think he's a really nice guy. So that's who I would yeah. suggest. Chuck would be somebody. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. And then <clears throat> um, the last qu- question is, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you drive up onto Camino, what would that say? Oh, geez. <laughs> that's right. I, I remember that question. <laughs> I don't remember having an answer. Stop cutting down the trees. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'd say come to Camino for a visit, but don't let the door hit you in the ass on your way off. <laughs> oh, well, I, I think that'd be about it. <laughs> sound, spoken like a true islander, I yeah. think. <laughs> You can visit, but don't stay. (laughs) Spend your money, throw it here and there, but go home. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, I really enjoyed this. I've learned a ton about Kameno, about you, um, your family. Um, So I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show today. You're very welcome. My pleasure. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Mike Nestor for joining us on the podcast. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us get found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode and previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.